The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Woo, man. Well, we are in the the sports lull, but we've got a lot going on to recap, so let's get into it. Before we get into the recaps, just letting everybody know that Know the Score can be found. On the CSPN, the CSPN can be found on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe to Know the Score through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, or through any podcasting platform. Just search Know the Score. So, Dwayne, the NBA season has come to an end and the Toronto Raptors, they are the champions They defeat the Warriors in six games to win their first NBA championship. Kawhi Leonard wins his second finals MVP. He's the third person to win the finals MVP with two different teams following Kareem and LeBron James. And he's the only player to win finals MVP in both conferences. We the North. This was a series of uh, weird proportions. The Raptors won all three games at Oracle Arena. And the two games that the Warriors won came in Toronto. So uh, weird splits on the home and away when it comes to who has the home court advantage in this series. But just your overall assessment before we dive a little bit deeper into uh, some things that happened to the Warriors in uh, Toronto and, and how they looked and them capturing their first title. First off, shout out to the Raptors. Congratulations to them. Uh, this is the first time the Larry O'Brien Trophy's been outside of the United States. So that's definitely something, especially since the Stanley Cup has seemed to reside in in the U.S. So really Canada's first big sports trophy since 1993 with the World Series Blue Jays and the Stanley Cup winning Canadians. So, uh, shout out to the country of Canada, Canada's team. Raptors getting a lot of love. Um, You know, a lot of people will kind of throw in the injuries, which we'll get into in a second, but Let's just face it, this was a very special Toronto team. And the gambles that Masai Ujiri did really paid off. You traded a beloved star in DeMar DeRozan, uh, even kind of doing the whole blindside thing. You know, nobody expected that trade to happen, Uh especially with the risk of a one-year rental of Kawhi. But as we see, that that gamble paid off. You fired Dwayne Casey after 59-win season. He wins coach of the year. But the playoff failures that the Raptors had kind of just threw that to the wayside. You take a gamble on 
Nick Nurse. And that gamble paid off as well. So a lot of gambles were made by Toronto to improve this team, to try to get over that playoff hump. And they did it by beating probably one of the best teams ever assembled in the last, um, in this past, in this decade at least. So uh, congratulations to Toronto. And we can't wait to see what happens next, you know, especially with free agency around the corner. The story for the Warriors will be is the injury bug finally struck them. They have been one of the more healthier teams when it comes to this latest run of greatness that they've had. They've had some bumps and bruises, but they've never had anything like they encountered in this final series. Clay Thompson suffered a torn ACL in game six. He was ha- having his patented uh, game six game where he had 30 points in less than three quarters. He was probably on his way to 40 and just a freak accident going up for a dunk gets fouled by Van Fleet kind of hangs on the rim and comes down in an awkward position. He was already dealing with the hamstring. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, if, even if that was the same leg or not, but uh, yeah, when he comes down, he comes down awkward and, and he's grabbing the knee with both hands and, and everybody kind of knew, regardless of how tough Clay Thompson is, that uh, that was probably a bad one. And uh, it was he uh, got carried off the court. Then he, due to the rule in the NBA, he got fouled, and so he had to shoot his free throws before he could officially get off of the court. So he had to come back out on the torn ACL, make his two free throws, and then he hopped wobbled off the court. So. Sad ending for Clay Thompson. Uh, definitely was having a, another one of his patented games in Game Six, and looked like he was going to, you know, be one of the catalysts to get us to a Game Seven. But it was not to be, as things wilted away uh, in the fourth quarter for the Warriors. Kevin Durant he came back for Game Five, but he left in the second quarter with a ruptured Achilles tendon. And, of course, that sent just shockwaves throughout the whole NBA and the Twitter sphere as everybody is now a doctor and talking about he shouldn't play. And it was such a risk and a gamble and they were forcing him to play and all the, you know, stuff that's surrounding all of that stuff when a superstar gets hurt like this, when everybody's watching. So we'll start with Clay Thompson in your uh, regard, Dwayne. Both of uh, these guys are free agents, Clay and KD. Uh, I think that more than likely, Clay Thompson will be a warrior for all of his career. I don't think that he is going to be one of these players who um, chooses to leave in free agency or he gets traded. I think that they will, you know, he will retire probably before that happened, just in my estimation. Uh how do you think this affects his deal? Do you still still think he gets, you know, his maximum value or do you think they'll try to, you know, discount it a little bit because of the unknown coming back from the knee or is it just going to be business as usual? Sign him up and when he's healthy to go, um, he'll be the same old Clay Thompson. Well, I think he's going to, come back to Golden State, like you said, I agree with that. I also think that he comes back, uh, you know, if this was like 
maybe like 10, 15 years ago, you know, when ACL injuries were kind of like pretty frequent and then we kind of didn't see how well people performed after that. I think that trend's kind of been buckled a little bit. So uh, with the, you know, with the way that rehab has, uh, has been going, I think this won't affect Clay as much as one would think. You know, we, of course, when you, when you go down, you got to put all the work in to get back into game shape and things of that sort. So with that being said, I think that he does return to form when he's fully healthy. And, you know, the Warriors will put in the investment, put in the money for uh, Clay to do what he does best, and that's be that scoring lane that plays tremendous defense. Uh, we'll just have to see how that lateral quickness uh, that lateral quickness goes, you know, when you're moving side to side. And, and this was just a result of, you know, five years of playoff runs and deep, deep into the heart of June. I mean, yeah, you rest for a good three, three months, three and a half months. But when you have deep playoff runs like the Warriors have in succession, you know, the bodies are finally starting to break down. And, this is just the end result of being a dynasty, and and we may not see it for quite some time, but you know this was definitely one for the ages in any way that you shape it or slice it. So. Kevin Durant, his future is a lot murkier. He has a huge option that he could opt into to return to the Warriors. I think it's over thirty million dollars. Or he could decide to test the free agency waters with a ruptured Achilles and probably not being able to play at all next season. In your estimation, Dwayne, what will Kevin Durant do in the offseason? Will he come back to the Warriors, just take the guaranteed money, deal with the rehab there, you know, play in that new arena, and it'll be a big deal when he comes back? Or send his agent out, try to negotiate a uh, um, max contract and let everybody know, hey, it's going to be two years before you see him. Uh, this one's a lot trickier, you know, because of the circumstances. I think, you know, this is probably something where KD will kind of feel like Business was left unfinished. So I would think that he would do, he would probably re- do maybe another one, one and one kind of deal. And then, and then go back into free agency eventually. But as of right now, I don't see. I think that would be one of the reasons he stays on the Golden State, kind of to just get everything kind of kind of like a redemption kind of thing. So that's the way I think it will go for the moment. You know, will that change? Yes. I mean, he could still 
someone's still going to give him max money. That's definitely going to happen. But who's going to give him that max money is really the main question mark and the main sticking point right there. So someone's going to give it to him. It's just a matter of who does it. And, and um, you know, we just have to wait to find out. Last big part of free agency in the series is Kawhi Leonard. Like you said earlier, this was a one-year rental in everybody's estimation. But that's just everybody's estimation because we haven't heard officially from Kawhi about what he's going to do. Everybody feels like, especially now after our next piece of business that we're going to talk about, that the L.A. Clippers have the inside track on acquiring a, uh, Kawhi if he does depart Toronto. But can a man who has a whole nation in the palm of his hand with a championship and it looks like a team that could run through the East for at least a couple of more seasons, can he walk away from that to go to the hoopla and the tougher conference, which is the West? Oh, boy, that's a good question. So, I'm conflicted with this because if Toronto didn't get to where they are now, this would have been a no-brainer, Kawhi Gong. But you kind of saw a little bit more Kawhi in these finals, kind of open it up a little bit, the camaraderie he has with the team. You know, you saw, if you saw the Rachel Nichols interview, saw how he was joking, talking about Kyle Lowry got his title, so you don't need him anymore. It looks like he had fun, Toronto. Like you said, he's got the whole country of Canada at his feet and in the palm of his hand. And that's going to make it really, really difficult for him to go. But the thing that I think would pull him away from Toronto is the fact that he is a California kid. He is home is where the heart is. And I think his heart is still in in California. So I think he would you do have the luxury of being able to run through the East and being able to go to multiple finals and you have a winner in Toronto. And you also have a good team in LA. Let's not act like the Clippers were, were a doormat. They were the eighth seed in the West and surprisingly took the Warriors in six games when everybody thought they were going to be swept to four given past history. So, at the end of it all, at the end of it all, I would, re- I really can see Kawhi leaving Toronto as tough as it would be to leave everything that you're pretty much, when it comes to basketball, you are a god in that country. But I think Kawhi is rooted in California. He's deeply rooted, you know, where he's from. He's always wanted to go west. And, and that's all I got for that. All right. We're going to shift over to some news that broke 
last evening upon this recording, Anthony Davis is going to be an L.A. Laker. The trade has finally happened. Lakers are going to trade Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and three future first-round picks, including this year's number four pick for the All-Star Center. So all the dreams and grandeur of Pelicans fans who had a thought that maybe Zion would team up with Anthony Davis, those are out of the window. Anthony Davis, though, through his agent, has stated that any place that he was traded to, if he got traded, would be a one-year rental, and he plans to enter free agency after next season. So do we. The Warriors, they have injuries. They Two of their best players are probably going to miss a majority of next season. The Lakers have finally added the piece that everybody knew that they were after. Gave up some young players that were probably not developing as fast as they'd like. Does this switch the balance of power over to the Lakers? for next season or is, you know, coaching. I don't know if anybody thinks that uh, Mr. Frank Vogel is going to be, you know, the juice on the sidelines. Is that going to be the ultimately the thing that holds them back? And will after mm, about 40, 35 games, will there be a coaching change in LA to try to get this thing jump started? I don't think there'll be a coaching change. I think I think we got a situation where Jason Kidd's on the bench, remember. This is true. And they they did cover Jason Kidd. They wanted Jason Kidd on that staff. Um but I really I think that you know we know how impatient Laker fans are, and we know how impatient um, the Lakers staff could be. So, if this does not work with Frank Vogel, I think he is a possibility he could be the sacri- excuse me, he could be the uh, sacrificial lamb. So, with that being said, I think that I think with the I think they'll be fine. It's just you just got to see who gets around. Who are the pieces going to be around Anthony Davis, and then kind of just see how it goes from there. I think Josh Hart was also included in this deal as well. He was so they did not want to give up Kuzma. Yeah, so basically what they did was they took their three worst shooters and was like, here, you can have them. And no, we have to keep our best shooter because guess what? We're going to have a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron. So we're going to need as many guys who can shoot as possible. So Rondo, you might be the next one that has to be like, yeah, it was good, but you can't stay here now. Right. Just because it's just, you're going to need as, as many uh, Kyle Corver, I wonder if he's got some, uh, if he's a free agent or if he can get traded over. You know, LeBron's going to have to try to get, you know, his guys he knows who can shoot to come join him because that's the only way this is going to work. They're going to need so much space to play Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same team. All right. 
say the the same thing All Star Game where they're gonna be able to just run and jump, at, you know, at will. Yeah, and also you gotta think of the fact that with with um, with the space that is going to be needed, you know, you're going to need the shooters, but you're also going to need a very skilled passer. So if Rondo doesn't come back, then, you know, who's going to be the skilled passer that could get those shooters the ball and get it uh, pretty quickly, get it on the dot so they can level up and do their thing. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see the makeup of what they do offensively with Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same team, uh, where they decide to play LeBron next year, if he's going to go back kind of to the small forward role and less of the power forward role. So very interesting things for the Lakers, but they have their hope. They've landed their big fish through trade. So we'll see what they do in free agency. Speaking of which, the offseason is going to be filled with the draft, which is coming up. uh, I think it's on Wednesday or Thursday night. I think it's Thursday night. The Pelicans are expected to trade that pick that they just received from the Lakers. So we'll see what kind of action they get there. Kobe White, the point guard from North Carolina, appears to be moving up. And he's likely going to go sixth to the Phoenix Suns. A lot of people had him around 10 to 12, but he seems to be, uh, you know, gaining a lot of favor with Phoenix because of his scoring ability and his size. And the Washington Wizards, they fired uh, their GM, Ernie Grunfeld, at the end of the season. And they're reportedly going to offer Toronto general manager Masai Ujiri $10 million a season plus an ownership stake to come run their basketball operations. If you're Masai Ujiri, what do you do? Chunk the deuces to Toronto, said, hey, man, I got you a championship, but I'm about to go take this $10 million in this ownership and be like, yo, you know, I'll come back and celebrate this in 5, 10, 15 years when y'all have the celebrations. If you were Masai Ujiri, what would you do? All right, so if I'm Masai Ujiri, you know, you just constructed a championship team. And now, you know, this is what this is kind of what happened when he departed Denver, because you know he's a, he was a mastermind behind that uh, Carmelo deal. Remember, a few mm-hmm. years back. So and then he left Denver to go to Toronto. Now he could do the he. So that can tell you, you know, if the offer is good, he'll strongly consider it. You know, because, um, and so this is a very tempting offer, you know, not only to get a stake of ownership and, uh, in the, in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Franchise? Franchise. There we go. So, yeah, stake in the franchise. And, but the Wizards are kind of in a mess, you know. They gave a big deal to John Wall, who had knee surgery, then towards Achilles. Uh, Bradley Beal, uh, we didn't hear much from Bradley Beal this year. Um, 
they made a few moves which did not work out because obviously Ernie Grunfeld isn't there anymore, but he kind of should have been gone a long time ago. But that's neither here or there. And I don't know. I think in this case, as good of an offer this is for or Ujirius, probably just better to stay in Toronto after kind of thinking out loud about it. So. I would say in Toronto, yes, you know, you get you get a look at certain things, but at the end of it all, I don't see it being worth it to go from from um, Toronto to Washington. All right. So that wraps up the NBA until the draft and then free agency which starts on the 30th so that's going to be fun like we said the last few years the NBA free agency has been wild and crazy and we don't expect this year to be any different this is Know The Score I'm your host Don DeLorente I'm joined by my co-host the Libra Icon and you can find Know The Score on the CSPN at CSPN.us Dwayne, it was also a first-time champion in the world of hockey this year. As the St. Louis Blues, they went on the road and they defeated the Boston Bruins 4-1 in Game 7 to win their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Ryan O'Reilly of the Blues wins the series MVP. Rookie goaltender Jordan Bennington put on a show the last two games as St. Louis proves to everybody that yes, the small market little teams that could can succeed and knock off the big boys as they defeated Boston on the road, which was even more impressive. It was impressive. I mean, the win at the Garden in the game seven uh, that's Pretty remarkable, even though kind of a hater right now because they did beat my team to get there. But let's see the year there. So, uh, congratulations to the Blues. On um, you know, I know a couple of Blues fans on social media. They, you know, I'm sure they're ecstatic. You know, especially in a city that's seen the red team win all the time. So now. To see the Blues win, see St. Louis be blue for for a year. And, you know, winning the first Stanley Cup in team history, you know, they only been to two of them, two Stanley Cup finals. Um, of course, that would be in 1970 against the Bruins, by the way. And I thought that the series was very competitive, you know, I really thought it was over when the Blues went up, you know, with the chance to win at home for to close it out. But good job by Boston to get to a game seven. And, you know, Jordan Bennington, who's pretty much getting roasted on social media for his play in game six, comes out, puts up a gem in game seven. Wasn't quite a, a, full, shot, a full shutout, but they did a great job. You know, getting on the board, attacking every chance they got. And when they 
and when it would uh, get in disarray, they didn't let that get to them. They just really found a way to persevere, and that's about it. Yes, so congratulations to St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues, this year's Stanley Cup champions. It's going to be a short offseason for those guys, so hopefully they heal up and uh, they get ready to make another run at it in October. It's going to be a very, very, very quick summer. Very quick. And our final piece of business on this week's episode, we're going to talk a little baseball Some things on the field, but one disturbing thing off the field. As David Ortiz, he's in stable condition in Boston after being shot in the Dominican Republic. It appears that Ortiz was targeted. The gunman was apprehended shortly after the shooting. Uh, He was sitting, David Ortiz was sitting in a nightclub, and this guy walked up on him and shot him in the back. Um... So he had some emergency surgeries. Uh, He got airlifted out of the Dominican and uh, flown into Boston where he had some more surgeries. But everything appears to be good. He appears to be on the mend. Um, I don't think he's released a a public statement yet as far as uh, an interview or press like that. Um, But I'm pretty sure that'll be coming in the next couple of days once he gets a little bit more strength. And uh, yeah. Glad that this didn't turn out uh, any worse for Big Poppy. All right. So glad that he's okay. And, you know, this is definitely not something we ever want to uh, report and broadcast. And, but I'm just glad that, that, um, that he's okay and that he's recovering. And we shall see uh, what will what will uh, go down from here. So, uh, thankfully, he's all right. And, you know, let's just make sure he continues to recover and continues to do well. And the New York Yankees, who are in need of power with injuries to Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judd, they trade for the major league leader in home runs, Edwin Encarcion from the Seattle Mariners, um, funny uh, note, Stanton and Judge are in Durham this weekend. They're playing the Durham Bulls. Uh, this is the last game of the series, so I know my man over there, the uh, general manager, definitely uh, had a smile on his face all weekend because I know they sold a lot of tickets uh, to this weekend series with those two uh, big names in town. So the Yankees are trying to gear up to get ready for uh, the second half of the season. They've remarkably hung in there. Um, despite all the injuries that they've had, they still have Tampa Bay Rays in sight. They haven't gotten too far away from them. So they're getting these reinforcements and in Carson Nacion. So uh, Aaron Boone has a, a, a great problem. He's got all this power, and now he's got to figure out somewhere to fit it in every day. So we'll see how this affects the Yankees and if they can make a run and use this power surge to overtake Tampa Bay and hold off Boston in the American League East. It has been a great job by this Yankee team, you know, and I never like to give a Yankee team any credit, but they've done a great job without these big names and, you know, playing, playing good baseball. 
And with the fact that with the Rays playing out their minds right now, for them to still kind of still have them on the radar in the distance, that's actually very sustainable. So when they get to the second half, you know, you're going to literally have murderers rope pretty much reunited. So it'll be very interesting to see how all that plays out. Just looking at the races, the Yankees in Tampa Bay are actually tied through the standings. Uh, the Rays have one more win. The Yankees have one less loss. Uh, Minnesota, they have a 10 and a half game lead out in the central. That's pretty much done. It looks like unless Cleveland just gets on a tremendous run and Minnesota has some injuries. Houston, they're out in front by nine and a half games over Texas and the national league the Braves, they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies. Uh, the Mets are kind of lurking. They're at seven-and-a-half back. Uh, they're trying to get back to 500. They lost today. Nothing's new. Nothing new there, though. The Central, <laughs> the tightest division in all of baseball. Well, Milwaukee and the Cubs are tied with identical records. St. Louis, three games back of those two teams. And then the Dodgers, they're pacing the National League West. They have a nine-and-a-half game lead at the time of this recording. So those are updated MLB standings. Looking at the wild card, your two wild card teams in the American League would be Tampa Bay and Texas. And your two wild card teams in the National League would be Whoever didn't win the National League Central between Milwaukee and Chicago and Philadelphia at the moment, but Colorado, Arizona, St. Louis are all less than three games back of the wild card situation. So in Cleveland, Texas, and Oakland are all less than three games back of the second wild card in the American League. So a little bit more to look at sometimes than just the regular standing. So even though, you know, Oakland is not doing well in their division, they've got a chance to make it in the wild card. Same with, you know, Colorado and Philadelphia. So baseball is about to hit the all-star break that's coming up next month. And then they'll have their trade deadline. And then we'll be hitting the August and the dog days of the season. And we'll find out who has enough steam because a lot can happen between now and September. So we'll keep you updated on any big happenings around the trade deadline for Major League Baseball here on Know the Score. So, Dwayne, at this time, man, your final thoughts, shout-outs, and thank yous. Woo! Happy Father's Day to all the dads up there. Happy Father's Day to my father. Happy Father's Day to my grandfather, all my uncles. Um... You know, we appreciate y'all. And for those who are having difficulty today, my thoughts and prayers are with you as well. Um, Really, the final thought I have, um, it's funny because I literally had it in my mind and now it kind of trailed off. But we'll just say this, you know, this was a great, NBA season. I think the whole free, with free agency coming up is going to be uh, pretty wild in terms of who's going to go where and who's going to be, you know, same face, new place 
kind of thing. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to a lot of the um, mostly looking forward to the draft, the NBA draft. Uh, shout out to Jalen Wilson too. Uh, Jalen Wilson who flipped, who opened his commitment uh, while recruiting after he decommitted from Michigan and after John Beeline went to the Cavaliers, took that job and you know, Jalen Wilson ended up committing to Kansas. So uh, for, even though Kansas didn't really get like any five-star recruits, they had a pretty good recruiting class. So very happy about that as a Jayhawk fan. All right. My final thought will be my man, Ross Chastain. He declared that he was going to run for the championship in the truck series. And in his next race out, in the truck series, he won. So now he has to just get within the top 20 uh, to be eligible for the championship. And that should be quite easy to do. He's only about 14 points back. And, uh, yeah, he's he's racing really well in the truck series this year. Uh, he's going to race the most races out of anybody in NASCAR this year as he's entered in all three series. So it was good to see Ross Chastain bring home another victory, his second one in the truck series of his career and of the season. So um, it's good to see him get a chance to win races and be a factor and get his name on TV. And uh, big things are yet to come for my man, Ross Chastain. So for the Libra Icon, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.